believe it or not, my voice is doing somewhat better today. It is still a bit of a problem, but I think we can get through today's radio program. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Well, the good news is the way things are gradually improving, I'm hoping that by sometime next week, my voice should be pretty much back to normal. For those that have been following the saga here, ever since my surgery about uh, two and a half weeks ago, almost three weeks ago now, the breathing tube that was used caused some irritation to my vocal cords, and that can happen in a surgery. It happened during the first two surgeries, but it only lasted a day or two. This time, the irritation was a little bit worse. And in talking to my doctors and others that know more than I do about this, they say in in a case like this, it can take three to five weeks to really get your voice back um, if there's no permanent issues. And, And I'm noticing the beginnings of improvement in the past several days. So let's just kind of hope that if we can, you know, keep it, I'm trying to, you know, do what I can to preserve it. I know doing a radio program every day is not easy and and it doesn't help, but we're going to do the best that we can. I need to tell you, last night, I had one of the most sleepless nights that I've had in ages. And it's not that I was worrying, not that I was concerned, just so many things were going through my mind. I just couldn't fall asleep. I was thinking about this radio program, the direction it needs to be going, the stories it needs to be covering as we do take part of this program to cover news stories, especially the news stories you don't hear anywhere else. And also, I think even equally as important, an analysis to to go a little deeper into the story. I've learned one thing in doing this program for two and a half years. Narratives change. And sometimes they change for a reason that may not be the reason you expect. So today I want to talk about just a, a few news stories just to make you aware of this world around us today and and be very cautious before you jump on a bandwagon of a new narrative because I'm learning there are some agencies you simply can't trust and and even if they change their mind today I still don't trust them and it's because you all know the story about the boy that they cried wolf This has happened with many government agencies in the United States, Canada, Australia, United Kingdom, all across Europe. They lied and they still lie. They're dishonest. And I don't know why they feel this need to be dishonest with with the people. I don't get it. But they do. One of the things that is concerning me is this sudden change this sudden change that gee 
COVID-19 came from a, a laboratory in China. Now, if anybody said that three years ago, they were immediately condemned, ridiculed, put down, mocked, canceled in social media, mainstream media. You were not allowed to say China virus, Wuhan flu, or anything like it to even suggest that the Chinese had worked on that virus, well, you were then considered a keeper of odd knowledge or a kook. Suddenly, out of nowhere, the Department of Energy, now think about that for just one second. The Department of Energy What does the Department of Energy have to do with the virus? Why are they the ones that suddenly did the research to claim that this virus very likely came from that level four bio lab in China? I mean, you couldn't say that. Let's be honest. You were not allowed to say that three years ago, two years ago. Six months ago, even though increasingly people realized at minimum it is a laboratory-created virus. It had no natural origins. Now, there are a few boneheads out there still trying to push the, it could, it could be, it could be natural. I doubt it. And I think anybody with any credibility that I've been following for two and a half years can explain why that explanation is total nonsense and why it can never be believed. That's simple. So we went through all this misinformation, disinformation, canceling on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere else, MSNBC, mocking it, Oh, no, it's not, it didn't come from China. I mean, does anybody really believe anything MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, any of them? New York Times? Can they ever be believed again? Then I had to ask my question, why did they use the Department of Energy to release this information? Now, think about that. The Department of Energy... These are the people that want you to have wind and solar and get rid of your gas stoves. That and the EPA. Why would they be the ones talking about this? Well, my first reaction, and I think it's legitimate to say this, it's because the CDC has completely trashed all of their credibility. They have zero credibility. Rachel Walensky is a fraud and a liar, and a fool, and a reprobate. That's the only word that fits. When they're asked about why they're still holding on to some of these ridiculous, scientifically fraudulent protocols for COVID, in the light of many studies that prove they're wrong, they still hold on to the lie. 
And they're going to hold on to the lie until there's a change in the administration and every one of these fraudulent people are not just fired, but bought before the courts and appropriately charged. In some cases, I believe they need to be charged with manslaughter. Putting out protocols that they knew would kill more people and not save anybody. We know that now. So, of course, the Wuhan lab theory can never come from the CDC. They were the most screaming loudly it couldn't be for three years. They're not going to change it now. Department of Energy. Wow. And it didn't come from the FBI or the CIA once again. Another pair of agencies that have completely trashed and destroyed their credibility. The only way to save the FBI is to fire everybody in top management. I mean fire and never allow them to work in law enforcement or government again. Not even to lobby. And if they lied, they need to be charged, go to trial, and if appropriate, put in prison for the rest of their miserable lives. And that includes Chris Ray, FBI director. He's lied to the American people. He's a fraudulent phony. Donald Trump did a terrible misservice putting him in charge of the FBI. He's just a swamp creature. He is no better than the one he replaced, Comey. He's no better than Struck and Page. He's just politically more savvy. Our intelligence agencies have been used against the American people. And so I'm looking now, why suddenly is it okay to say China virus? Now, here's what we do know, and and I've shared this quite a bit over the past two and a half years in this program. Where the, the release of this virus came from as you track it from China, Wuhan, China, into Italy, from Italy to the rest of the world, there, there is a case to be made for origin. But I'm not 100% convinced that the virus only was created in China. I think China is one of many locations where U.S. taxpayer money was spent for gain-of-function research. Now, let me say that again. I firmly believe that China is not the only place where money from the United States, in this case, Dr. Fauci and the NIH, Dr. Peter, you know, Dr. Ralph Barrick at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, Ralph Barrick, you know, you've got uh, Peter Daszak, EcoHealth Alliance. There, there's no doubt in my mind because of things that have come out, little stories here and there, 
these coronaviruses to be worked on were all over. For a time, for a time during the first part of the Obama administration, they were being worked on here in the United States. And then there was this sudden, we got to get them out of the United States. And there is very good evidence that they traveled through Canada on their way to other places, including China. And yes, it is increasingly obvious, including Ukraine. Why would the Department of Defense have 23 biolabs in Ukraine? Think about that. Why would our government have 23 biolabs in a very corrupt nation like Ukraine? Because they could do things there they would be forbidden to do here or many other Western nations. And I think today you've got a a couple of changes in the global landscape that makes it plausible now for this administration of liars to begin to agree that China has a lab that could have been the one that gave us COVID-19 and millions of deaths across the globe. And why would that be? Well, the neocons in the Republican Party, the warmongers in the Democrat Party, the global elites at Davos and elsewhere, they love war. They absolutely crave and love war. And right now, they've got the perfect proxy war in Ukraine against Russia. Billions of dollars are being spent in Ukraine. We won't do anything for the people in East Palestine, Ohio. We don't do anything for our people like we should. But billions upon billions of dollars, President's Day, our president is in Ukraine. It shows his priorities are not the American people. And so let's just kind of look at the equation and tie it together. Ukraine has only been a nation since 1992, period. It sided with the Nazis during that region, wanted to be a nation, and sided with Hitler during the Second World War. The United States clandestinely funded that region when it was occupied by the Soviet Union. We funded the former Nazis in Ukraine to be an irritant to the USSR. We did. There's no doubt about that. We know it now. Ukraine has been a corrupt region for as long as anybody can remember. Money laundering, You name it, you can do it. Influence buying. We all know the Hunter Biden story. Come on. Why would Hunter Biden get paid $40,000, $50,000 a month to be on a board when he knows nothing about energy? Nothing. It's all corruption. That same government today in Ukraine under Zelensky took American aid money for the war and bought 
millions upon millions of dollars in FTX cryptocurrency. FTX then funded Democrats in the 2022 election. Do you see the connection of corruption? And then the biolabs run by the DOD, Department of Defense. Let me ask this question. Could the coronavirus have been worked on in Ukraine? And now it's time to cover our tracks. And now that China is getting cozy with Russia, well, let's blame them. Because China's no longer useful to us in this particular arena. Biden's making his money now out of Ukraine. They've always made money out of Ukraine. Look, Biden made money out of Russia, Ukraine, and China. The so-called enemies of the United States. He did quite well. How many people on a government salary, like a U.S. senator, can own all the real estate that he owns? The man's corrupt. We now know... In 2020, Dr. Fauci and Francis Collins, they did everything in their power to cover up and to claim misinformation about any kind of a lab leak. Had to be natural origin. And they went as far as to call it a hate crime and even racist. But now we know, we know a lot of things today. Many were saying two and a half and three years ago, ended up being true. How many people got kicked off Twitter? How many people got banished off Facebook? How many people were ridiculed by the idiots at MSNBC like Morning Joe? This guy is a complete moron. And I would say 90% of whatever falls out of his mouth is a patent lie. Nonsensical garbage. He's the kind of guy that believes you can just change your gender. I mean, this is the same government that, that thinks that babies in the womb, you have people today that say you should never call a toddler a boy or a girl because the toddler hasn't told you what his gender is yet. They should be classified as non-binary. They've gone as far as to say that a baby in the womb knows what gender it is, regardless of what the body says. And yet we still abort them. This is the insanity that we're dealing with. So as I look at all the stuff that's been said about, about COVID-19, all the lies, all the damaged reputations, the lockdowns, the destroyed families, businesses, and health, And some say we just need to move on. No, we don't. We need to stop, look back, and prosecute those that knowingly lied. And the agents that knew they were lying on behalf of their masters for money. It's not over. It can't be over. If we allow it to be over, then we are done as a nation. Canada 
your man-child idiot of a leader, your prime minister, should be removed from office and put in prison for the rest of his natural days if, if you had the death penalty, he probably deserves it too. With the mandates, the robbing of freedom, the destruction of lives, and the the countless people that unnecessarily died because of what these people knowingly did. The same is true here in the United States. Now, I went a little longer than I planned on that topic, but I just wanted you to understand the narrative is changing for a reason. It's not the reason you think. Now, the other reason I was up quite a bit last night, the church project is suddenly in high gear. And on tomorrow's program, I will talk a lot more about that. I really will. The church project is kicked into high gear. We have a building. I just signed the lease. There's some work to be done on that building. I need to figure a way to start by having a radio program from that building, eventually add video. I pray for a small local congregation to be gathered. And so last night, I was so excited about all that's going on, I couldn't sleep. And there's so much to be done. I hope that I have the strength. And I pray, Lord, give me my voice back so I can share the good news of the gospel. This church project is probably the most important thing that I will ever do in this life. I really believe that. How that will be a part of this radio program I need people, and I have somebody that's already said they will help in in gathering information, in maybe doing parts of this program so I can have a little bit more time. Because, see, giving you the news of the day is not going to be of any benefit for eternity. I want you to have the information you need so you're not being lied to. But we need to, as Christians, find a way to come together. Too many churches are woke, broke, foolish, apostate, gone, dead, and dying. I want to build a church that is completely a first century church in a 21st century world. Music both old and new, where God's word reigns supreme. It has to be done to empower us as we move forward. Now, my voice is beginning to give out. It normally does after so many minutes of of speaking, as you can tell. And we're going to take a break. And when I come back, I want to share something with you for the second half of the program to kind of set the tone on this church project and why it's so important. You know, if you remember the parable of the of the paralyzed individual trying to get into the water at Bethesda, the hour of visitation, that moment, well, there's an hour of visitation. 
coming. And I think God is opening up, as I, I, knew, I knew it last August, God is pulling back the veil. Truth is beginning to be revealed, and it's ugly. Yet there's going to be a lot of fights, and there's going to be a lot of blowback. And just because we have freedom in our faith and religion today, don't count on it in the future. That's why we need to plan for things today and be ready for those times to come very soon. You know, the church in North Korea and even China grew because of because of radio. Being a Christian could get you killed in those nations and other places. The gospel is getting into Islamic nations across Africa by radio. And we have even the ability of online and and video. I don't want to waste these opportunities. If you go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, you can begin to see there's a tab called Church Project. And, and I'll be adding to those pages over the next week and a half, two weeks, and listing the needs the building has. There's some lighting issues that need to be repaired. There's several things that need to be fixed, cleaned up. Building hasn't been used in a while, but it's still in great shape. Do you believe in our mission and ministry? Would you consider supporting us? Go to our website, truththenumber2ponder.com, or make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowee, Virginia, Chilhowee, Virginia, zip code 24319. Zip code is 24319. And if you can help us with the church project, just put church in the memo line. It is much appreciated as we endeavor to do what God has called us to do. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The Duct Tape Redemption coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is Jonathan Kahn, the nice Jewish boy, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out I'm receiving a special free gift you're going to get in a moment. There was a terrorism scare a little back, and the government instructed everybody how to survive a chemical or nuclear attack. How? With duct tape and plastic wrap. <laughs> hey, are you concerned with terrorism? No, no, no. Why not? Well, I have duct tape. <laughs> but aren't you concerned? Nuclear explosion? No, not me. Why not? Duct tape. Nuclear explosion. Duct tape. All right, we're in the book of Revelation. The Antichrist. It's okay. I have duct tape. <laughs> the cup of judgment. It's all right. Got duct tape. A third of the earth is destroyed. Duct tape. Armageddon. Duct tape. <laughs> you're going to be safe because you have duct tape and plastic wrap. Well, they meant well. And personally, I picked up some. I picked up some duct tape and some plastic wrap, but just in case. But the fact is, it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever security we have, doesn't matter if it's insurance policy, possessions, lawyers, whatever it is. In the end, it's just plastic wrap and duct tape. There's only one who can save us. Only one can give us peace. Only one we can rest in. Only one we can trust in. And his name is not duct tape. His name is Yeshua, Jesus. And in Hebrew, Jesus, his real name, Yeshua, means he will save. And if you're saved, that means that you get the same word. You get the word safe. If you're saved, you're safe. And we are only safe in him. That's the point. And in him, we are to rest and trust and we can have peace. And we don't have to worry and stay up nights. Some trust in chariots, some trust in duct tape, but for you, trust in Yeshua, who's strong and mighty to keep you in perfect shalom. He's strong against any terror and more effective than duct tape. Well, 
Want more? Ask for Secrets of the Soul Keepers on CD. Now, how'd you like to be more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, deliver move mountains and live a super life in God you can with Sapphire's the super spiritual supplement to turn your walk into a super walk with God plus the incredible mystery of the temple doors on CD amazing all free how do you get it easy just remember Jesus real Hebrew name Yeshua and dial it just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 you will be blessed for your free gifts but call now 1-800-YESHUA-1 I invite you to join me in the Great Commission to bring salvation back to the Jewish people and reach millions of unreached peoples around the world on five continents how? just call 1-800-YESHUA-1 you will be blessed that's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1 you can touch the world or you can write me direct at the nice Jewish boy box 1111 Lodi L-O-D-I New Jersey 07644 that's the nice Jewish boy box 1111 Lodi New Jersey 07644 and you can visit us at hopeoftheworld.com now till next time this is Jonathan Kahn saying Shalom Alechem peace be to you my friend and Messiah Sar Shalom the Prince of Peace the one who is better much better than duct tape This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of Truth to Ponder, and I'm your host, Bob Bierman. Now, as you can tell, my voice is beginning to wear out, but that's all right. I've got something to share in just a couple of moments uh, to get us through this program. Today and tomorrow, I've got two messages that I want to share. Now, this one today is one I know many of you have probably heard before that are regular listeners, but you need to hear it again. I think that there's an hour of visitation. We have this window of time that God has opened up. And I don't want to miss this opportunity to establish a new work, literally a church, not just a local church here in Virginia, but a church that will reach people across the United States and even around the world by building it understanding that it's a church whose primary mission is beyond its own four walls. The four walls and that congregation are there to support, pray, and to help create the environment needed so you can be a part of this congregation. We really need to do it. The time has come. And I really believe that as I I knew in August, God laid in my heart that he was going to pull a veil back and truth would be revealed. And I never, when I said it last August, that seemed the farthest thing that would ever happen. But here we are. All kinds of stories are breaking. People are beginning to question the narratives more than ever before. Oh, there's still some places trying to hang on for dear life. But the truth is gradually coming out. And a lot of people are frightened. God is doing something. God is doing something in your life, in my life, in this radio program, and in the church he's called me to build. I don't want you to miss what can only be called your hour of visitation. Heavenly Father, as we come to this time that we look in your word, 
I pray you'll open our eyes to see what you have for us, our ears to hear what you are saying to us, and open our hearts that we may receive what you have for us. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's gospel lesson. When you read this, we pick up where they had come across the sea again. Now, you would think by this time, the disciples would be a little bit gun-shy of ever getting in a boat again with their master. I mean, it's, if it's not a storm, and trust me, they come up on that Sea of Galilee. They really do, out of nowhere. Or being on a boat, traveling at night, and then seeing him walking upon the water... They've never had a normal experience on a boat yet. And now they're doing it again. And it's amazing how many times Jesus said, get in the boat, and they just did. I think I'd be a little bit wondering what's going to happen this night on this boat. You know, as I look at this whole sequence of events that have occurred... If you go back a little bit earlier, the casting out of demons. Jesus is now walking on the face of the earth. Eyes are blinded that will not see him. Those in power are rejecting him, and the hordes of hell are fighting him. Let me repeat that again. You have people that refuse to see him, they're blinded. Those that are opposed to him because it threatens their little dominion and domain. And the hordes of hell that understand what his mission and ministry is. And they are doing everything they can conceive to stop him. There's another part of scripture that came to mind several days ago. knowing the hour of your visitation. It dovetails into this time and this sequence. Knowing the hour of your visitation. At that time, and I don't understand, pretend to understand, to understand the mind of God, why he would come then and there in that point in history. How many of you remember... I do. I even have the album. There was a record album that came out in the early 1970s, Jesus Christ Superstar. Everybody, I mean, I had my copy with the libretto and everything. I, of course, it was the thing you did. But there's a little truism in that, what they call the main song of Jesus Christ Superstar. Why would you come to such an obscure place? Why not later when you have mass communications, television, today, internet? I mean, he could be a YouTube sensation today coming into Jerusalem. Why then? Why at that time? Yeah. And I've always wondered, you know, there was a purpose for that time. And the visitation to his children, the children of Israel, was then. And how many missed that hour of visitation. All the evidence was in front of them. All of the Torah supported it. All the prophecies pointed to his arrival 
in that place, that time. Yet those that had built up the religious establishment did not like the idea of him challenging their authority. And so many people did not want to see him for who he was. Look at today's lesson. He said, don't worry, your daughter's alive. And they laughed at him. They wouldn't take him at his word. I always go back to later on from that point as he gets closer to Jerusalem. I mean, the number of miracles has preceded him and he gets all the way to Jerusalem with a reputation and they welcome him into town and in a matter of days and hours, they're wanting him dead. Their hour of visitation has come. I think the greatest problem in the churches today is we don't recognize the hour of his visitation. There's one of the great miracles we talk about. You remember the guy that was by that well that every time the water was troubled that they could just get him in the water in time, he'd be healed. If just get there when the water's stirring, and after all these years, because he's crippled and unable to walk, he never could get anybody to get him into the water in time. And so he languished. The water's stirring. Right now. It's not like that pool of healing where it only comes occasionally. This is what and I don't, I'm not too much into dispensationalist theology, but to a point I understand the concept of the church age. And this is the church age, face it. I mean, that we can all agree upon, whether you're an all-millennialist, pre-millennialist, post-millennialist, any kind of millennialist, doesn't matter. We are living in the time of the church. The water is stirring for all of us. Yet, so many people that claim the name of Christ are sitting on the shore just looking at it. Not getting in. Not getting in. A couple of old songs were coming to mind today as I'm listening to the various lessons. And when I'm thinking about this, the water is stirring. There's one of those old kind of southern gospel songs, Step Into the Water wade a little bit deeper. Yet we're sitting on the shore having a hot dog. Looking. The whole time he's ready to receive us. When you look at today's lessons, the power that Jesus possessed I don't think we even begin to comprehend it as we read the scripture. This woman understood by faith that if I could just get close enough to Jesus, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'd be healed. I remember working at a Christian radio station, 1973. Song we played back then, a very traditional kind of a station. Let me touch him, let me touch Jesus, let me touch him as he passes by. Hold to me his hand extended, reaching out to him oppressed. Let me touch him, let me touch him, let me touch Jesus, so that others may know and be blessed. 
I still remember that after all these years. Yet the church today is at a cross is at a crossroad. I look within quote Anglican circles, and I'm going to come right out and say it. It is the most I don't care which group you're in. I don't care if it's ACNA. I don't care if it's Mission. I don't care if it's mine. I don't care if it's the Anglo-Catholics. I don't, you can name the whole alphabet soup. It is the most dysfunctional family of believers known to mankind. It really is. And I remember Bishop Lewis, the one that was supposed to ordain me whose health had failed, made an interesting comment back in those days. 1997, he said the whole Anglican movement of traditionalists is the church in the wilderness. He said they got another 20, 23, or 20 years to go before they even begin to see the promised land. And he said, you'll, you'll see it, I won't. He pointed out to another bishop that had ordained me deacon, he won't see it either, he'll be dead. <laughs> he was just going down this list. He said, it, it's going to take that long because they had been in Egypt too long as a church body. They got to come out. They got to be purified. And it's going to take a good generation. Even in my small group, I'm seeing the water stirring. Something's happening. And I'm watching some unexpected things come every day from places I didn't expect. What turns out to be, are we in trouble with this? Are we losing that? Ends up being, no, again. And I'm watching that all the plans that I could have sat down and made are just being ignored, and God's plan is now coming forth. And I'm recognizing it's my responsibility just to kind of step into the water, step on the water, as Peter did, and not look down and trust. The hour of Christ's visitation in this age is now. And I wonder when this age is going to start closing up. Here in the United States, whose independence we celebrate this coming week, we have had generations, generations of absolute freedom of religion of expression of our faith. And for generations, many people simply took it for granted and did nothing with that wonderful gift. Faith was not the most important thing in their life. It was just one of those things that might have an importance. When you look, when you look in any given week or month, at the number of people that actually participate today and how much it has declined in my lifetime. You know, I was looking the other day at a website for the church I attended as a youngster from basically kindergarten through the eighth grade. It was a rather large Lutheran church in Long Island. When I say rather large, it was like in the thousands of members. Five services every Sunday morning, packed to the gills. 
we always tease that what we need to do is import those guys that work the subways in Tokyo to shove them in, to shove them in, to get them into the pews and get them out as fast as they can. The school, I was in a class of 30 students in my grade, but there were two other classes of 30 students of the same grade. There were 90 of us in the first grade. 90. The class behind us was only 60. We were that surge of the baby boomers that came through. You could just, we just kind of, they were having to find room in the basement to make classroom space for us to come through. And then they added the seventh and eighth grade, the junior high or middle schools we call it today. I mean, we're meeting in basements. We're meeting in closets. We're meeting wherever they could. They would never let you do it today by any kind of code, but we did. We met, my seventh grade class was actually held in a fallout shelter. Seriously. No windows, a fallout shelter. But we learned a lot in that time. So I'm looking at the website. The church is still so beautiful. And I remember looking at, they have two services now, and I looked at the attendance, probably 10% of what it was when I was in that church. 10%. Why? Because we have decided that Home Depot is more important. We have decided that Best Buy, good time to go shopping is at 9.30 or 10 o'clock. All of a sudden, the things of God are not important as they once were. Our lives, what we want, we put God in a box. Jesus said, unless you confess me before others, unless I'm number one in your life, I'm nothing in your life. Nothing. This woman that needed that healing touch we see today, she recognized the hour of her visitation. She knew in her spirit who he was. And she touched the hem of that garment and she was healed. Apply it today. As I said, this is the church age. The hour of visitation is here. Christ stands, as it says in the book of Revelation, right there at the door knocking. And all we do is turn up the TV set a little louder, put on a pair of headphones and plug into something else and ignore that hour of visitation. I see the handwriting on the wall. I'm not some kind of prognosticator. I'm not some kind of a prophet. I'm not out there on the radio saying Jesus is coming next Thursday afternoon at 4.30. I don't do that. Never have, never will. But I can see the signs and I can see the changes. I talk to Christians all over the world that live in oppression. It's funny. The church grows better under oppression than it does in bounty. I mean, when you live in a place, I have family that has done mission work in China. They go in there as English instructors. They have to be very careful in how they share their faith. They cannot really conduct a worship service. They could end up in jail. Yet the church grows. In China, it grows. We are beginning to learn 
that for the past 60 years, the church has been growing in North Korea, where it is absolute death to be caught running a church, but it grows. You look at other parts of the world in the Middle East, project I was very active in and the people, I, I know them quite well, Voice of Hope, they're running a radio station in Israel that is targeting the Middle East. And the reports they're getting back from Syria, the reports they're getting back from Turkey, Lebanon, Iran, Iraq. God is visiting these people and they're coming to a saving knowledge knowing, knowing the cost of being a believer in that culture. Years ago, I had a church congregation, Salisbury, North Carolina, a Hindu married to a Christian who just would come to the church to appease her, comes to know the Lord, and knew he'd be walking away from his family the day that I baptized him, that he'd be dead to them. But he goes, I'd rather be alive in Christ than to be dead unto the works of Satan. He made a choice. It comes down to that. In America today, we look at Christianity as the buffet faith. We come down the aisle, well, I'll take this, but I don't want that. No. Yeah, maybe I'll have some of this. In other words, we want everything on our terms. Jesus says, forsake all to follow me. Well, I got to bury my dad. Nope, then you don't, you're not worthy of me. Well, I just bought a new, nope, 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 nope. He's first. He's first. But he also gives this one promise that I think we as Christians forget after we have forsaken the world for him. He goes, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things the Gentiles seek, you know, a paycheck, roof over your head, food, water, the necessities, those will be added unto you. But if you're seeking the things and leaving me out of the equation, then you have nothing except your stuff. I've conducted, when I was a hospice chaplain, a lot of funerals, and I've never seen a U-Haul attached to a hearse, ever, ever. What I'm trying to say is this is the hour of visitation. This church is at a crossroad. We all know it. It's obvious. What do we do with it? How do you take this opportunity and turn it? How do you turn this opportunity? Very easy. Take the Lord's leading in his visitation. I'm having to do it right now. All the best laid plans of mice and men. Every time you think you got it figured out, you find out you don't. What's that old saying? You want to hear God laugh? Share with him your long-term plans. I'm learning. I'm learning. And I'm watching and I'm observing. It's time we have that faith. 
to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. It is time that we have that faith to know that if we simply ask, we shall receive. It's that simple, it's that beautiful, it's that wonderful. Heavenly Father, I come before you today as your servant on behalf of this congregation and these people, praying, Lord, that you, you will manifest yourself with all your glory to all those and meet them in their need. And Father, I pray in the name of your Son, Jesus, that you will lead, guide, and direct by the power of your Holy Spirit the life, the ministry, and the future of this congregation. May it be pleasing unto you. And may your name be glorified in a world that increasingly denies your name, curses your name, and disrespects your name. May you empower your remnant to be powerful. For this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The one who made the heavens made my heart and soul. Before I drew a breath, I was loved and known. I am his creation, the maker's masterpiece. And all that he designs will be Maker, come and 
ever in my life, in my 27 years of ordained ministry, in over 50 years in broadcast, have I felt so strongly about one thing as I do today. When I began the program Truth to Ponder two and a half years ago, I never anticipated coming to this crossroad where it's time to move away at least part of what I do from being your newsman to being your pastor. Because as I've said before, being a pastor is my first calling. Being your news guy is down the list a little bit. I want you to have that news and information. We'll find a way to keep doing that. But I'm more concerned about falling away apostate churches, people with no church home, people that feel alone in a lost and dying world. That's why I invite you to go to our website, truth2ponder.com. Look for the tab that says Church Project. And there's a lot more coming out in the next two weeks. We have a location. We are on our way. And I'm so excited about what God is doing. I mean, I couldn't sleep last night. There's so much to get done. A lot of work, some physical work too. If you believe in this radio program, this ministry, and the church project, would you consider supporting us? If you make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio and mail it to Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowee, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chilhowee, Virginia. And the zip code is 24319 Post Office Box 510 Chilhowee, Virginia 24319 This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman To find out more visit our website Truth the number 2 and the word ponder.com That's Truth the number 2 ponder.com Truth to Ponder Shining the light of truth in a darkening world.